Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano and welcome to the Harpen and Rugby podcast, the Leinster and Ireland fan site in audio form. This is season three, episode 42. But this week I spoke to a Leinster fan who travelled to Welford Road for that impressive quarterfinal display against the Leicester Tigers, asking him about the whole fan experience on the day, and of course we also chatted about the match itself, the other quarterfinals, plus a look ahead to next Saturday at the Aviva. So without any further ado, here's how we got on. Now it's time for our back and forward chat and joining me this week to talk about all things Leinster from the Heineken Champions Cup is someone returning for their 10th appearance in the pod coming to us from the Royal County of Meath and also known as at Leinster Royalty on the Twitter machine. Welcome back to Mr. Tom Coleman. Good evening, Jeff. Good evening. How are you? Not too bad at all, sir. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for coming back on and uh, chatting about this, uh, this great, uh, good sporting weekend for, for Leinster. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what, what I want to talk about first before we get into the actual uh, rugby on the pitch is um, just something about like I, I, I look, I tried to remember the last time Leinster actually played at this particular ground, Welford Road. And uh, because I know we played them a couple of times, I think there was some game in Murrayfield. I don't know too much about that, 2009. Since then, we had a quarterfinal. I think it was the Aviva, a great try from Issa. Um, that's a 11, yeah. But, but when it came to um, actually playing at Welford Roads, we had to go back to the date was January the 19th, 2008. Um, and it was the last game of a pool stage. It was a kind of a dead rubber. Um, just It was just gas looking at the teams. Uh, Rob Carney was on the wing. Uh, that's a, He was starting out. That's what usually happens. Uh, you, they, they stuck him on the wing. And uh, uh, Dr. Phil got three penalties that day, but it was a 25-9 win for Leicester. But that was, that was the last time... We, I played at Welford Road. Actually, Keen Healy came on as a sub, so he was the only kind of link back to okay. that day. But the but the but the reality was is that uh, our coach Leo Cullen himself has played more minutes on that pitch than all of the twenty three from uh, Saturday put together. So I was wondering, like for Leinster fans, I mean, we're 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 coming out of COVID so to speak. Um, things are kind of getting back to some kind of normal when it comes to traveling. I mean, there was a bit of traveling in January, but this was the first kind of game that was sort of back in, back to the old days where you're, 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 you're finding out when the fixture is, you find out what day it is, you're getting on booking the flights and all this kind of stuff. Just wanted you to come on and maybe give a sense because you made the trip yourself, what it was like, the whole experience, um, you know, from just from, from start to finish, basically getting there and what it was like over there in Leicester. Well, as you say, it, it's only really now um, as Leinster fans were getting back into sort of the excitement of looking at travel arrangements. Bath was sort of a tester. I happened to be over there in January. Um, there was a good few more at Leicester this, this weekend, but there was still a good number, maybe 1,500, 2,000, maybe. It's hard to tell when you're, when you're, when the, when the home team sort of spreads your fans around the ground. Um, but, but I, I think, Seeing Leinster fans on TV in Bath and then the big draw of playing, oh yeah, a European giant in Leicester. You know, they've got the history, they've got the tradition, they're, 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 they're over 100 years old, they're Heineken Cup winners, steeped in, you know, World Cup winners and everything. It was a big draw for um, Leicester or Leinster fans to sort of decide to themselves, you know what, this is a, this is a journey we're going to make. Um, according to the, the, the reports, there was about, 4,000, 4,500 there. Um, so from that point of view, it was absolutely fantastic. You know, you're speaking to Leinster fans all day. You know, they come into East Midlands. I spoke to people who flew into Leeds, people who flew into Manchester, people who come into Stansted and got the train up. Uh, people obviously flew into Birmingham. Uh, and obviously a good few that, that took a chance and booked East Midlands early before we knew we were going to play in Leicester. 
smart ones. I wasn't one of those. But uh, no, it was just fantastic just hearing these different stories and that buzz of getting to a big European venue. Uh, Welsh Road is a very impressive stadium. Uh, again, super host, super fans, you know, I mean, the good knowledgeable crowd. Um, Leicestershire is quite a farming country, so they all come in. You can see, even on the train where I was coming up from Stansted, um, a lot of Leicester fans were getting on in what I'd call the more rural parts. So the, even though Leicester's a city, um, there's a little bit of Leinster there too. It's a provincial area uh, where they draw fans from the country, and it's your farming type, your 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 you know your 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 blue collar type, your your white collar type, all comes to the ground. You know what I mean? So I think there's uh, a lot a lot of similarities with ourselves because you're sort of travelling from from me or Wexford or wherever wherever you hear hear the different accents when you're up in the RDS. So that was brilliant. As for the as for the, the, the just in the ground itself, marvelous atmosphere. Um, little shy of a sellout, I think. Talking to some of the locals, they thought um, it was priced a bit steep. But I suppose all clubs are trying to make their tiny bit of money back, um, uh, back so you can half understand Leicester making that uh, call. It was about fifty sterling, forty to fifty sterling for a ticket, um, which you know was a little bit disappointing to see some empty seats. But I think the people that went, um, especially us in blue, weren't disappointed by. Just the atmosphere, um, even when even when I wasn't going Leicester's way, and we'll get into the game shortly, um, just, I suppose, the vitriol been shown towards the referee and Johnny, it all adds to that little bit of, you know you're in a serious game. So, you know, you can have the crack with them and have a point and shake hands, but, you know, they bloody want to win too. And, uh, you know, you can hear that on, on how annoyed they're getting with... Uh, Matthew Raynal and or, or Johnny or, or James Lowe. So, you know, that really gives an extra edge to to the game as a supporter. Because a lot of time in the last few years, we've been in the RDS, whatever, and um, we're amongst ourselves or, or those lesser numbers. So, so yeah, absolutely, Jeff. It was brilliant to get back and sort of savour that sort of big game atmosphere after a few years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, you want the uh, you want the camaraderie, and you want to, you know, I mean, they'll they'll have been looking for people going around with Leinster jerseys, walking around the town before the game, and uh, you know, the bit of crack, bit of banter, going to the stadium, and you know, and for you know, from all I heard, they were kind of welcoming and stuff. But then, as you say, when the game kicks off, that's all gone, and um, they 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 want their team to win, and there's some natural um, predetermined villains uh, already, like yeah, well, the referee if he's not going blowing the way they want and uh, the likes of Sexton and Lowe are kind of perfect, perfect for that kind of thing. But that's, again, that's what you want. So long as it's um, doesn't, doesn't go too far over the line, but overall it was a, it was a, it was a great day. And then when, you know, we all know how the game turned out and stuff, how was it kind of after the game and the ground around after the match, you go for a few points around the stadium? Oh uh, yeah. In fairness, uh, Leicester, you know, have a good setup pre pre-match, you know, uh, most of the Lancer fans, they had it set up in such a way that you could watch the Munster uh, Toulouse game live in a big screen and behind both ends of the stadium. So there was sort of sort of sort of um, fan fan zone areas, and you could have a beer and intermingle there with. with uh, it was mostly Leinster fans, to be honest with you, uh, that was watching the game. I think a lot of the Leicester fans that were, were in their local pubs that are that are near the ground were sort of Leinster headed to, where they could no guarantee they could watch. Um, Watch, watch the game going on in, in Lansdowne. But yeah, you know, we stayed outside the ground for, for, for a good hour or so afterwards, having a point, uh, talking to lots of Leicester fans. And I suppose the joint message was, you know, go and beat Saracens was, was a unifying 
thing for them for the rest of the season. We wish them well. Yeah, it looked they were slightly annoyed with the the referee. The, the but at the same time there was you know the the thought Leinster were very very good uh, a very good team you know but obviously disappointed like we would be if it was the reverse you know what I mean so they're knowledgeable fans can have a little bit of a debate about the nuances of what's going on at the game and uh, yeah you shake hands and, and you know it's 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 a club I 100% recommend uh, I was back actually I was there in a wait believe it or not that game you mentioned that in the intro uh, totally different circumstances I was there as like a, as a guest of a, of a company so it was a little bit more um how would you say in a little bit of a bubble, or this was your 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 in in the in the, in the heart of it? The fan experience, uh, yeah, yeah, proper fan experience compared to the last time. And again, it was a dead rubber match. You know, we didn't have to win that game. It, it sort of petered out. Uh, you know, it didn't fit. This this was a proper big match, European quarterfinal. So yeah, fully recommended for anyone that, that would think of going to play. Going if we got Leicester again in the, in the in the next few years, even in a pool stage, yeah, definitely a ground people should try and make their way to. And it's uh, very possible they will be there again because they can, you know, they, they, they'll they definitely improve uh, from the experience. Um, and just one, uh, we're, we're going to talk a bit later about um, the Munster Toulouse and the, the shootouts and stuff, but um, just from your point of view, um, how were you, uh, like the game kicked off and of course that game was still going on. How did you actually find out what was going on in the other game yeah it was unfortunate I think I hung on right till halfway through the um, first half of extra time and literally our game was starting you know you, you were getting to your seat with, with a couple of minutes to go yeah yeah look that part couldn't be planned I think as all rugby supporters we were slightly bemused at the EPRC putting on the, the French game La Rochelle Montpellier at the same time as ours yeah. now I know in football on a Saturday they all kick off at 3 o'clock and and uh, and so forth and so yeah, forth. But, but just four quarterfinals, they, they should have been able to spread them out. Exactly. I think it would have been great after the game just to head to with Leicester fans or with our own fans and, and, and watch that French game and just savor a point. I think that's part of the whole thing. Yeah, you know, are we trying to make ourselves different from football? Well, it's not the same as football on a Saturday. You know what I mean? They've got whatever 10 or 15 games going on at the same time. So it's a big European quarterfinal. It would have been nice to see the finish of the Munster game. I only found out about six or seven minutes into our game, and that was literally just by by WhatsApp groups from 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 fellow fans that that I had no details of it. Just that Toulouse had won on a on a penalty shootout. I couldn't believe it had gone to a penalty shootout. I thought both teams. I know we probably chat in that game later on. I thought both teams were getting very tired, mm. and I thought somebody might take a drop goal or or something. Yeah. That's what I felt. I felt defenses were getting tired at that stage. But then it was it was it was it was into our game in Welford Road and uh, it was just a matter of finding out from from WhatsApp and social media what exactly happened. Absolutely. Okay, well, that's brilliant. Um, hopefully, hopefully there'll be more occasions like that to come um, down the line. Well, we, we wouldn't mind a little trip to Marseille uh, in, a, in a while yet, <laughs> but, but, but a bit of rugby to be played before we can guarantee that. Well, anyway, let's talk about the actual game itself. What happened on the on, uh, in the actual match? What what did you make of it? Well, I suppose the first thing, uh, you know, we hadn't, you know, like it's been reported in the press a million times, we hadn't played in two weeks. Well, <laughs> our particular twenty three hadn't played in two weeks, even though and the did, club. Did you know? Did you know we had a lot of internationals as well? You may have. Yeah, we. we I, I don't think anyone brought that up. We have we have a few internationals, yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's it's. And we pay them as well, yeah. seemingly, and uh, and there's that as well. Yeah, we um, going back to the the last time we played in England in an important game. 
I was, everyone was slightly concerned about the, the Exeter start. It was two tries from Tom O'Flaherty and we were 14-0 down. And I think uh, Leinster, well, the fans, there's always a slight nervousness that that happened. We, we can be guilty of starting a little bit slowly, sometimes away from home. It happened as against Claremont as well, down in the semi-final. And we ended up losing by 29-22, uh, I think. Um, but um, no, no need to be fearful of that. Leinster, Leinster's first half was, you know, people can look at rugby and say, wow, that's, you know, that's champagne stuff or that's, you know, Crusaders or the, the Chiefs or even Toulouse. But I, I thought Leinster's first half was just uh, really smart rugby, just clinical of what we were doing in every facet of the game. And it was very, um, it was just so efficient. Controlled, yeah. efficient, and just with our line speed, our, we nullified their kicking game in the first half. Um, they got no return off their kicking game at all. Um, we, we generally nullified their line out um, up until maybe the, the last try they got when Dolly was the the the, 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 the hooker and, and sort of the game was lost at that stage. Montoya, who I had looked at a lot in previous weeks, was very dangerous around uh, turnovers and uh, a very good line out looking at the amount of um, scrums uh, or tries I should say Leicester got in the Premiership this year and I think it was 18 in all competitions they've won now there 18 from 18 um, uh, very very strong um, going to the front of the line out middle of the line out but Leinster as I said going back to us just in that first half every facet of the game including you know the line out we just were so efficient nullified most of their their weaponry in the first half and that was their kicking game um, and that was their um, their, 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 their line out which you know they got no malls really off developing off it um, I thought we'd seen some of the moves on how to counteract in a line out the previous week against the Stormers with Alex Soraka up at the front of the line out and James Ryan did the same thing again so you could see even though they were 10,000k apart there was a bit of joined up thinking there. I know they're two different teams, but the Stormers have, have a similar line-out threat that Leicester have. And um, I'm sure silly old me could spot the comparison for the two games in the line-outs. I'm sure the Leinster Brains Trust will have well spotted it. But uh, yeah, I just thought we were really intelligent, really efficient. And um, you know our line speed really got in their faces. And the amount of errors they made, uh, you know, it's only when you look back on the game, to drop passes, um, trying to catch the ball in contact, and they spilled. Um, yeah, that, that first half was just, you know, yeah, you know, people. As I said when I when I when I was talking about it initially, you know, there's there's different types of champagne rugby, and I thought this was like proper, perfect point of Guinness rugby. It was just right on the money. You know, there was it was it was all good from top to bottom. And uh, we really just took the crowd, you know, got the crowd on the refs back, um, got the crowd, you know, frustrated. Uh, this is something they hadn't experienced all year. I think they had one sort of semi-close game against Saracens where they were hanging on. Not hanging on, they were defending well uh, to keep Saracens out. But other than that, they've been supremely dominant. So this was total new ground for them this year. And, um, you know, so, yeah, absolutely. From, from, the, from the coaching point of view, from the team, just just, you know, Everything ticked the boxes for that first half. You couldn't have asked for better. Maybe at the at the very end of the first half, uh, George Ford kicked long and um, Ashton was nearly going to take Keenan out in the air, but he pulled out rightly because it would have been a penalty or a card. 
Uh, Keenan just clipped Stuart's heel, and other than that, it would have been either Keenan going in or, or, or a line-out way down in the Leicester red zone, or, or one of our line-outs. It's probably been a 50-22 job there. So Leicester were like a hair's breadth from going 27-0 down at halftime. Yeah, and uh, the, the feature, one of the features for me, I've thought of it since then, is... Um, we, we like as Leinster fans, we remember the, the the vividly the the days we went out of Europe each year. We kind of we almost it, it, th- those days defined those seasons for us. We had mm-hmm. Saracens twenty nineteen, um, and then twenty twenty, and then uh, La Rochelle. But th- those matches were defined almost by just a spell of five ten minutes where we just where we always we seem to concede maybe two quick tries and that which kills the match and just all of a sudden it's a different match and we're playing catch up in fact that even goes back to i think there was a semi-final against toulouse back way back in 2010 where there was yeah. a spell where they just hit us uh twice in a row now this time it was us doing it and it's the, it was the it, it was the feature of like you say we got out we've got off to bad starts in games like this before um I mean, we caught that back against Exeter, but we wouldn't always be able to do that. Um, but uh, on this day, we 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 hit them from the from the very start. We got the first score, um, and but then two quick tries, boom, boom. They just took the chances. And what you're saying about the lineouts, that I I would I just, I just that first lineout um, for the Vandefer try was it's the way Keller has thrown them. Now, we've had problems with our lineups, you know yourself, over the past yeah. couple of years. It's been a bad area, especially when we're in the 22. Just the way he throws them, he throws them, he, he puts a bit of fizz on them, they're confident, and it hits right at the top of the arc. It was a perfect grab for Conan, just set, set up everything nicely, and it was, it was all really good. And like you say uh, as well, what Leicester were doing themselves, they weren't really set for there was there was one part I, I did a TikTok video for it this week on it um, where we the, they got a turnover they they stopped our the Gibson Park bobbled the ball I think and then Liebenberg got in and and wrestled one and then the ball was sitting there at the back of their uh, ruck for like two three seconds and like what what was going on Dupont would have either gone himself with that or he would have booted it right back uh, right back at us towards our 22 straight away to put us on the back foot, but they didn't know what to do. And then a couple of phases later, there's another high ball from Ford. And, um, and, and we were, we were well set at that stage. So there's a lot going on there, but I think, like you say, we were efficient. We were in good control. And as of course, um, Matt Lancaster loves to say, there was a lot, a lot of cohesion. It's a European mode. They seen this, this squad, they know the squad they want to play. They know their best 23, which is always good. But they also know to click into that mode when the, when, when the game kicks off. And Yeah, and I think, you know, um, Leicester are always going to have a purple patch. You know, they come out, in fairness, they're, 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 they're a proud, long, historic English team. They come out in the second half and, you know, that could have been a moment where we could see the two tries in, in the space of a few short moments. Um, we were under a little bit of pressure. We, we gave away four penalties, I think, in 10 minutes. Um, and it ended up with... Um, Nandola, who had come on, been held up over the line by Jimmy O'Brien. But I think, looking back at the game, even though I didn't feel it at the time, I, I think it was about five minutes after that, I felt it in the ground. But it was, it was pretty much immediate after that. I, the, 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 the bottom was knocked out of Leicester at that moment because, and you mentioned one of them where, where, where Gibson Parker turned over and the ball was just there. And there was another incident where, where Liebenberg panicked with a pick and go when he got a penalty and he got turned over. I know they were complaining maybe Jimmy O'Brien's hand was in the rook, whatever. But 
It, it, it wasn't a quick tap situation. No, and, and, and but that all happened within sort of, I, I remember, you know, Ryan made another super line out steal just after that, yeah. our, our fourth yellow card, or sorry, our fourth penalty. We had got penalties between sort of 42 and 52. And, and Ryan came up with a massive line out steal. I can hear all the Tigers fans going, you should have got a yellow card. <laughs> yeah, we should have got, we should have got a yellow. There was a lot of yellow, there was a lot of penalties in the first half against Leicester. Well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the ref. I think the ref was. Um, I think he was just trying to avoid anything controversial if he could. Like you know, in that. In yeah, that. I looking at it, and I did look at the game intently, looking back, um, and I, I'm sure any people from Leicester will disagree. But when you're on the ground, as you know, you don't see everything, and we haven't the benefit of it on yeah. TV, watching it on TV. And he actually got most of the calls right. There was there was knock-ons in and around where it seemed like Leinster were. Had stripped or Leinster, Leicester had not done, and he, he'd give it. He'd give a scrum to Leinster, and um, yeah, maybe a couple of scrums. Was one where Porter maybe turned it a bit as well, and but that all probably comes back to the Twickenham game, where where you know that we had spoken to about pre pre game about how he was going to ref the scrums. He actually got most of the calls right. Um, you know, yeah, you could argue maybe Leinster get a yellow card in that in that period. I don't know. I, I think it would have been harsh because there weren't. Penalties, one after they weren't in the red zone either. Some of them were down the other end of the pitch. After that initial period of the first half, or the the, the first ten or fifteen minutes of the second half, looking back at the game, uh, Leicester started to panic a bit. Um, Ford was resorted to doing a lot of up and unders and getting no return on them. Um, twice he bought tried to bomb down Jimmy O'Brien, and O'Brien caught one of them was superb on the real pressure. Um, and, and you know it all ended up by um, a bit of a knock through I don't know it was Potter and Jack Conan nearly getting in and that you know only for Jasper Ruiz had got back a split second ahead of him that was the game uh, you know so that all happened the, 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 the Nandolo um, nearly try uh, the Ryan Steele at the line out um, a couple of mistakes by Leicester on panic and making decisions Ford not taking three maybe Ford you know, resorted to doing up and unders because in, in, in the face of Leinster's line speed defence, they were forced to do that and get it to exit their half. Uh, and it, it resulted in an error when they did try to play out of their own half. Our line speed were all over them. The ball spilled back, you know, towards their goal line. Conan obviously kicked through and that was nearly it. So I, I think if, as long as Leicester tried to carry into us all day, they were running into brick walls. So, you know, that's why they were trying to get a penalty and trying to generate some line out line out off that but um, other than that a couple of silly silly, silly errors I think O'Brien got caught for a, a silly pen where he, he tried to get up after being tackled for Maroney and then James Lowe got caught with an unusual pen but the ref was technically right so those little things I'm sure both of them were in the 22 and the, the lads will try and iron out those um, come the next day yeah oh no it was uh, and you know th- th- you, there's talk that maybe they could have gotten a second try uh, in the second half and, and gotten closer and stuff, but it's just, when you look back over, and I even felt it on the day, normally I'm a bag of nerves for matches like this. I, I don't feel that sense of comfort, but the way, like you say, the way Leinster were playing and they were doing their basics, they were uh, the line speed and all those things, um, it just gives you that sense of comfort that even if even if, if the Tigers had pulled us back, we would have found a way to stay ahead, to, to get back ahead or say, or pull further ahead anyway. I, I, it's just, it was the overall confidence 
um, in, in, in the, the patterns and the, the combinations on the pitch and just all the different facets of the game that was just all running smoothly. I mean, you talk about people having a rest. How long was James Ryan out for? He was out since that game at Twickenham. You know what I mean? And he slotted right back into the team and uh, did his job. Two big line-out steals, some great carries and, uh, and all that. And there were, everyone, everyone knew their job. It just, it just makes you feel good about what's going what's gonna to happen next. Oh, absolutely. And and I suppose the winning of the game was, or, or the ceiling of the game was that, you know, after Conan nearly scored that try, we ended up having a scrum and we drew a few penalties off them again in the same position. And they were fairly cynical coming in from the side. Uh, and rightly so, the lads took the three, bringing it out to a 16-point game. Going back to what you said, I think if, if it was a seven-point game or a five-point game, I think Leinster would have put a squeeze on there and, and kept Leicester down in their own 22 for a period of time as well. So, you know, you don't want to sound arrogant saying Leinster are playing within themselves. They weren't, you know, that's I'm trying to be. But obviously it's easy to say when you have a, four, a, a 13 or a 16 point lead. I did feel that if we needed to get another score, we would have got it. Um, because a lot of the facets of our game um, really were troubling theirs. Um, so, yeah, all in all, it was, it was, it was, you know, as I said, from the get go, it was, it was just really you know we were we were clinical when we got the ball in there 22 and really efficient in what we were trying to do right so that's that's everything about what happened in Welford Road let's have a let's go have a quick look at the other quarterfinals shall we uh, just quickly go over them we'll, we'll work in reverse order if you don't mind we'll start with the um the Rassing sale match from the Sunday what, what what did you make of that pretty convincing from Rassing pretty convincing yeah um I think in the first half, uh, Sale shows some slight weaknesses in, you know, uh, the, the the racing game. Um, Sale were sort of it was only it was an inevitable amount of time that the before racing really would impose their will on the game, and they they really can score tries quickly. Like the Russell try and the Teddy Thomas try, you know, if they played ten games in the next ten weeks, they wouldn't score those tries again. Um, so it added it, and they came at the right time. Um, you know, that's not trying to undermine, you know, the individual brilliance of both those scores, but uh, it 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 knocked the bottom out of sale completely. Um, especially the Tom try, just it, and it gave Rassing a little bit more comfort. Um, I think sales fifteen are 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 physically able to match uh, Rassing's pack as well. You know, they're they're they're, they're a quite aggressive, strong team. There's a lot of South Africans there. But just the overall 23 uh, Rassings class, they have that extra bit of gear at the back, players at the back, you know, that there are their they're, they're back plays just, just way above what Sale would have. Um, Sale are quite um, industrious, sort of, a, you know, an honest team, but, but just wouldn't have enough, just especially to win in in France against Rassing, you know, whatever about winning in Sale. Um, you know they're they're an efficient team, you know, but they weren't really going to trouble any of the bigger teams in in that's left in the European Cup. Okay, well that was that was Racing, and then of course, like you said, unfortunately at the same time when we were watching um, what was going on at Welford Road, you had uh, uh, La Rochelle uh, taking on um, our, our good friends uh, who gave us a gave us a good hammering there at uh, December. <laughs> um, what did you get a chance to look at any of that? I did actually. Yeah, um, rewinding the clock back to to, to September, um, if you'd asked. Any fans, what four teams are going to get to the Heineken Cup semi-finals? I guarantee a lot of the four would be these teams. La Rochelle are a very, very good team. You know, you, 
their back row was class with Aldrit. Um, you know, he's he's I see thinking I know Dupont gets a lot of the praise for France, but uh, I think your man Aldrit is just a super player, you know. Um they're going to be very difficult to beat. I think it um even when they have to travel up to Lons to play Racing. They just again had too much for Montpellier. Montpellier never really are convincing in Europe. Um which is strange, you know what I mean? They, they're in a qualifying of European Cup, and but they did show some chinks in the in the the, the La Rochelle game. And I say this jokingly: Leinster's chinks are well spoken about on social media about where other teams can get. And Munster showed Toulouse's, uh, Montpellier showed some of La Rochelle's, and Sale showed some of of, of Racing. So, you know, um, there's there's no perfect team out there. La Rochelle are um, again; they've got. Uh, a lot of cohesion at the back and they've been lucky that they haven't had a lot of injuries the same sort of um, back line that they that was there with Ayo West and Raymond Tool and all these guys are um, are still there and um, yeah very impressive very strong Botia really strong at carrying the ball and it could be interesting to see how they go um, again just too good for Montpellier but you know who's going to back Montpellier in Europe you know I wouldn't you know what I mean I, I think La Rochelle even though Montpellier top of the top 14 it wasn't the strongest of opposition um, for a team that was had only won one game on the pitch coming into this, yeah, you know, I think it was a, I think it was against Exeter, yeah, before they they got a, some sort of result against Queens. Um, that's the way the the, the fixtures fell this year. So uh, no, La Rochelle definitely uh, well worth money to go through to the semi final. Yeah, it was a curious a curious uh, passage through the tournament for Montpellier, all right, and uh, but like you say, it might, it would probably be a different. Uh, there's very every chance they'll meet again in the French playoffs, but it would be totally different prospect that day, I'd say. But uh, we'll see, we'll see, yeah. see what happens there. And La Rochelle definitely uh, deserve it to get into the, the the final four. And that, of course, that just leaves us with what happened at the Aviva. Now, um, I was watching it in a pub in um, in Booterstown. It was, it's it's actually one of the most Leinster pubs uh, you can get outside of D four. Um, and I was, it, I went there because I was going to a friend's barbecue for the Leinster match afterwards. But I also, it, it was where I watched the 2006 final um, when they beat the Ritz. And the, I, I tell everyone this, I tell Munster fans this because it's a big Leinster pub but the place was hopping and there wasn't a single person shouting against Munster. And, uh, and it wasn't just, and you could tell it wasn't just, just because we, we, this would meant we'd play them the following week either. It was, it was genuine up for the Irish team and it was, it was great to see great atmosphere there. Um, but unfortunately, like, it, it was an amazing match. I mean, if you're a neutral, it's, 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 it's the perfect match almost, you know what I mean? Back and forth, lead changing hands, lots of drama uh, right to the very end. And uh, we're going to talk a bit more about penalty shootouts later on, but uh, well, how did you make of the game overall? I mean, it was the, easily the best match of the weekend. Yeah, it definitely had the most drama. Uh, you know, as you say, finishing off talking about our game, our sort of clinicalness and efficiency sort of killed a tie in the first half or even the first 20 minutes, you could argue. Nobody fancied Leicester coming back from 17-0 down. Where this game was sort of the opposite. It was two and fro. Munster went seven up and uh, Toulouse straight away returned. And then Toulouse, a lot of pressure on the scrum, got 14-7 up after putting a lot of pressure on Munster in their own half. And it really looked at that stage, the way the platform was going for Munster in the scrum, that it was going to be a long day. Again, it changed, uh, in fairness to Munster, to come back into the second quarter. Really put a lot of pressure on Toulouse. Um, they had this tactic of of, of kicking, or kicking it and putting trying to turn Toulouse inside their own 22 and then apply pressure in around the breakdown where O'Mahony and O'Donoghue 
um, Aurelia and Kendall and are really, really good at. Whilst it can be a little bit frustrating to look at, I can see why they do it because most of the time it pays off. Um, there was times I felt if they had to just played a little bit more, um, they might have got something else. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the story of most of the last five years. I don't know, under uh, Van Graan. I just felt there was opportunities in the second quarter rather than just that little kick through to, to, to apply more pressure on Toulouse, but just keeping the ball in hand because they were doing, they were doing quite well on it. And I thought it was better to keep the ball in hand because Toulouse looked tired and Munster trying to keep the ball in play and keep that time to play percentage up was, was I felt, the right tactic to do because um, you were pulling that big pack around the park and tiring them out. Uh, I thought Toulouse did look tired against Ulster in the two games. They don't look at the same energy levels as, as they did last year. And, you know, that's wholly understandable. I think, like us, I think uh, there was 10, 10 or 11 Toulouse players in the French 23 versus us in Paris. They've won a league. They've had they won a European Cup. They, they beat the All Blacks in, in November. Go again in the six, you know, six Nations. Even for the wonder players like DuPont and Entomac and all these names, it's very hard to do season on season. And I just think they're a little bit more tired this year, and I think that tactic of Munster trying to move them around the park, that's what got them back into the game. Um, my only criticism of Munster would be well, certain times near the 22 and the Toulouse 22 that rather than trying to group or through or turn the Toulouse round and, and get turnovers that they could have kept the ball in hand a little bit more. You know, that's not maybe the reason they lost the game or maybe it's the reason they might have won the game. But yeah, then the second half, again, I, I felt Toulouse looked hard again. Munster went up 24-10. Um, with 15 minutes to go. And then all of a sudden, Munster looked tired. Um, you know, I mean, the game they were playing all day had a huge amount of higher work rate. And it started to tell. And um, I really thought Toulouse, once it went back to full time, I thought Toulouse would have won it in, 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 in extra time. But but again, they were tired too. I think it was two tired teams. It was a warm day, obviously, and for, for the other factors I've said, but totally intriguing, fascinating game. And like you were saying about the pub in Booterstown, I was watching that game on the big screen behind uh, Welford Road. And um, well, there was a few number of Leinster fans impassive about the game, as in, but the majority were shouting for Munster. I'm sure the pubs in Limerick and Cork will be just as reciprocal next week when we play Toulouse. Um, but look, whatever. That's, you know, I, it didn't bother me. Uh, I just thought from a rugby point of view, it was a fascinating game to watch. You could not be entertained by the massive crowd, see a red. Munster getting all that fans from the from the six six counties down there to, to get them all up um, by bus and by train and and get forty thousand in the stadium and look there's plenty of Munster fans I fans I know and you know I have a certain degree of sympathy sympathy with them but but they are our biggest rivals and, and vice versa and so be it um but they've had a fairly thorough time even though they're 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 in the quarterfinal of the you know. The performance against us down at Tone Park really, you know, killed the spirits down there. I felt that was the final, final nail and a little bit of doubt creeping into the, the Munster the hordes and where the team is going to go from them. But I think the young fellas have come true. We started to play Witcherly and Kendall a lot more. Um, maybe we thought Casey might have started in this game. Uh, with a new coach coming in and the 40,000 back, you know, it'll give Munster that push on. They, now, you know, how, how the rest of the season goes, who knows? But it'll give, I think it's important that they beat us, believe it or not, regardless of how our result goes. They need, they need to beat us and back it up. That's not me putting pressure on them because I don't think Leinster, even by winning or losing against Toulouse, 
we're not going to have a full team out the following week against Munster. Um, probably a stronger team if we lose, but um, they need to beat Leinster and avoid having to travel probably way to South Africa in the quarterfinal because their season could stop dead there. And then it's a long break till it all kicks off in September. So they need to back it up against against what I would guess is a, 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 a shadow team that Leinster will have out, hopefully, after beating Toulouse. Yeah, I mean, everything you said there about the way their match progressed, um, where they needed to, uh, you know, the way they the way they, they let that lead slip towards the end and the way they, they could have played differently even at the, towards the start of the game. You wonder, is that is it as simple as everyone, even, I mean, even their own fans are saying it now, however much you like Conor Murray, um, how much he's done for, for Munster in Ireland, it's a, it's a different game now. Um, and would it have been better starting with Casey and then having um, uh, having Murray, he's more controlled. He's 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 more he's better at bringing a lead home um, and controlling the, the 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 tempo towards the end. But I mean, you know, ifs and buts and whatever. And there, but I suppose the overall the overall thing with Munster now is that they 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 broke me to play this season. They're still in the URC, like you say, it would do them wonders to win at uh, the Aviva in round eighteen. They've they've bit to play for here. But then looking beyond that, they seem to be making the right. The choices in in the coaching staff, they've, they've got good players coming in, and there's there, there, there's definitely a, a path forward to them to, to improve. Anyway, no, it's been a good few days for them. You know, what I mean, the, the 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 spirit seems to be back in the province. Getting Prendergast back, harassing. He's he knows the club, he knows, and he 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 will. It won't be just like it has been under Van Graan and Larkham. There will be a definite change of policy in their attack. Uh, obviously, and then getting the forty thousand up to Dublin. And, and, you know, hints of the old days and putting a massive performance in against European champions, even though it was, it was just a, a, a narrow, very, very, you know, as, as narrow as defeat as you could get. Um, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot to be positive about for, for next season, where if you looked at Twitter or social media or any of the Monster podcasts in the last time prior to that time, just before the Exeter game, just... The season cannot wait to finish quick enough. You know, whatever with a week have been a long time in politics, it's week in rugby is. Absolutely. Let's talk about Toulouse now, um, because obviously we have to play them next. And, um, you know, it's going to be a different kind of proposition maybe to, to, to Leicester, but also we've home advantage and stuff. So there's a, and there's only a week to turn it around and get ready for it. So how do you, how do you see it going? I think that... Um, if I'm mistaken, uh, or if I'm not mistaken, I think Toulouse haven't beaten us in Dublin since 1997. Now, what has that, that got? Now, we've, we've played a lot of very good Toulouse teams in Dublin since then. Toulouse all of a sudden haven't been a good team in the last two years. There's been very good Toulouse teams in the intervening time. So we have a good record against them. I think home advantage, I think, you know, the, uh, the bookies are giving us eight or nine points, which I think is crazy. I can't see that for, the, for, 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 for love and money. Um, I'd be afraid to say that out loud, out loud myself. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, don't get me wrong, I'd take it. But um, yeah. look, I think home advantage, if, the, if this game was down in Nairness Wallon, you know, you'd fancy, to, you'd fancy Toulouse in front of, you know, 35,000 or whatever they have down there, 36,000. You'd fancy Toulouse. Um, it's always difficult to go to South of France. And it's difficult to come down to Dublin to play Leinster. And they know that. I do think they look tired. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the, in the week. I don't think... There'll be a lot more recovery for them than Leinster will be, you know, looking at game plan. There'll be a lot of recovery on on, on their game because that was a massive, you know, 100-odd minutes in, in the heat. And this is a 
third time they'll have travelled to Ireland in the space of a short period of time as, as well. And that all adds up. And a, a lot of the players in those in these three games against Ulster, Munster and now Leinster are the same players, even though they've got a really stellar 23 and a lot of depth and a lot of physicality. As for the game itself, I think Leinster will offer different threats than Munster. You know, Munster's jackling game is, you know, you could argue is stronger than ours. I think some of our stronger jacklers will be all the better for playing Leicester. I'm talking to the likes of Keller and, you know, he hasn't played in a long time. So uh, it's it's still going to be a good battle at the background. You wouldn't want to be given to lose free ball at the breakdown. You can see Josh van der Fleer doing a similar job. And let's say he's a better player than Kendall at the moment. I don't think that's not insulting young Kendall and who's a super player. Josh van der Fleer is probably one of the best players in Europe at the moment. They had difficulty with Kendall and sort of, just been an absolute nuisance. And you can see Josh going to do the same thing next weekend. I'd say he's just be crawling all over rooks and making it really awkward for. And if you can get Doris in, you know, carrying on the short um, and, and Conan maybe carrying it wide. Um, I think uh, Henshaw, who had a massive game and really put pressure on Ford, is going to try and do the same to Entomac. Uh, Entomac didn't like it with Aki in Paris. But I think Henshaw is even better at doing that type of game. He's just so smart about um it's gonna be a cracking game. I, I do fancy it's it's not it's not it's not uh, I'd be hugely disappointed if we don't win because I just think Toulouse are a bit tired. Um Leinster will have to be on the, the money just like they were against Leicester, you know, no complacency. We have, it's 2019 we played them there. That team was a lot younger, that Toulouse team. They, they were well beaten that day and they've come on since then. Uh, but I think a lot of our facets of our game has come on as well. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. Look, it's Leinster v Toulouse in front of hopefully 40,000 plus one. That's it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've been, um, you know, you just reminded me there that uh, that these two teams are uh, they between them put out the other three Irish provinces, um, in the in the in the in this knockout stage. And uh, it, you know, like you say, Toulouse would have learned a lot from having played both Ulster and Munster, but then it's a different proposition. Um, playing Leinster, it's uh, it's 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 a lot to look forward to. I think if we're play, if we're focused, uh, if we if we if we go into the kickoff the way we have in pretty much all our European games, the ones we've been allowed to play, uh, if we if we keep that focus going, um, it's there's you know it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough for them to 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 get a foothold on us, you know. So um, so yeah, the the one and I, the thing I would the only thing I'd like to see is Leinster since the first and finishing off here. One thing I'd like to see is since day one of the first game against the Bulls, we could see um, Lancer focusing on an offload game um, to try and uh, come up with something different with the different, you know, just bigger teams. And and we've been doing that all year. Surprisingly, we didn't do it against Leicester. Uh, we played a different type of game, which which just shows you there's more strings to Lancer's bow. That's not a negative. I think we only threw two offloads in that game. I don't care who we're playing in the final and there's always this talk of not showing your hand and all this sort of, maybe it's all nonsense. I want Leinster to show their hand against Toulouse and if we're going to play an offload game to pull that big pack around the pitch, now is the time to do it. I don't care what Larishelle or Racing see when it happens. Uh, you know, I think if that's the game uh, Leinster want to play. Now there is high risk, high reward there. You get turned over in transition by Toulouse. You know, they're lethal. You know, this could be a four, four tries to three game. But um, I think ball and play against those, against that team. And if, as I've said, I feel, I've said a few times now, I think they're tired. I think we just need to start well and, and, and get them mentally tired as well as physically tired. 
as soon as as soon as we can in that game. But yeah, can't cannot wait. It's, it's gonna be a massive occasion. Brilliant, yeah. Well, we've been going on quite a bit long with this with this chat. We're probably getting tired ourselves. But <laughs> um, but just one little quick thing I want to talk about before now. Um, the we, we had John Apod a while ago, and you talked about those two legged um, uh, last sixteen matches. And so we passed. I passed on your your pod to the EPSCR. They they had a look at it, and it, it made perfect sense. They listened to your points and made. And they announced today that next season they're actually going to take that take that away and uh, go to just one leg. So fair play to you. That that was well done. I was wondering what you were thinking of um, the, the this deciding a drawn match by a shootout. Is is a good idea? Is that all we can do? Are there any al- alternative ideas? What what's your take on it? Yeah, I've seen all sorts of things on social media. Is about losing a player every five minutes, every two minutes, and going down rapidly from fifteen. No, that would just become chaos. You can imagine it's that would be like trying to referee a minis game with kids going on and off every few minutes, and and I'm sure there'd be controversy saying there was eleven v ten at some stage. And yeah, it really, it's the only way to finish the game. Uh, it's very hard to come up with a different solution. I would say the only thing I would like is maybe an amalgamation of what happened against Cardiff and Toulouse back in 09 semi final. And this one, as in, I like the variation of the penalty positions rather than back in the day in 09, they were all in front of the posts. But I really like to see the kickers go down the depth chart than just three players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see, you know, if it's going to be five or six penalties, have five or six different five or six different kickers have it won by the prop i mean that's a, that, that that'll make it even better like you know well i remember i remember john muldoon kicking one against us over yeah. in connacht on his last game and exactly john eels was a great man for the uh the, 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 the kicks back in the day with australia um look yeah that, I mean, that would make it look- the goalkeepers the goalkeepers end up taking a kick and if they if they have to you know it's it's like yeah that's all part of the i mean if you if you have to do it just uh you know well, why why not make it a bit more interesting and have people? Well, James Lowe, James Lowe must be preempting and probably should at the weekend because he's already put his hand up saying he wants to do it. So, well, well we no, have a few. No, and him, he'd probably move the ball back and try to take one from his own twenty-two and then and try to try to do it that way, you know. But uh, I mean, like you say, you you've just played a hundred minutes as well, so there's there's all sorts of factors going into it. But it's 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 attritional. It's 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 not a, it's not ideal, but it's it's knockout rugby. There's player welfare. There's absolutely no possibility of a replay. This cannot be done. Um, taking players off. Someone said maybe play sevens rugby. I don't know. It's that's a different sport. It's a different game. Um, it, you know, it, it might be better on the the players themselves, but uh, it is a lot more running as well. So it's it's it's, it's there's really there's really only the shootouts all you can do. Yeah, and the the only like everything else in rugby, Jeff, it'll only get resolved when there's a controversy. Mm. It was a bit like the French and the Welsh scrums that went on for 109 minutes in yep. the game, and it only got resolved with the props. What's going to make this change is uh, there'll be a penalty. There'll be five minutes before a game and some random uh, 13 who's not good at kicking is like a, like a Matthew Bassero type is going to come off for some reason and they'll have to bring back on a 10, you know, who's been subbed for another 10. And then all of a sudden you, you massage it in such a way that you've got Sexton, Frawley, Ross Bourne and Gary Ringrose on the pitch at the same time, you know, and then they'll go, well, you can't do that. And it'll only, it'll only change when somebody 
sort of uh, so, a little bit of massaging. So, so jiggery pokery, bringing on, bringing on subs to take kicks. So you're reminding me of another uh, Heineken Cup quarterfinal from back in the day, uh, 2009. Um, and it's totally unrelated matter. I hear Dean Richards is, is stepping down at, um, I don't know why I thought of that, at Newcastle. That just popped into my head for some some crazy reason. Yeah, it's Harlequins, yeah. Well, you know, I can see a situation, you know, um, with that happening. Um, where, where, where our players, you know, if you brought Johnny off just as a sub, bring him back on because all of a sudden Jimmy O'Brien is hobbling or whatever. Can you can you it's, imagine? Can you? I always say about that game against Queens. At least we didn't lose that match. I mean, can you imagine how the con- controversy would have endured if they'd actually won? If he'd actually come on and made a kick and won the game, it was six five the final score that day it was just it, it, it's I, I just I, I still I'm still saying it today it's and like, Nick Evans or uh, Nick, yeah Evans he was on one leg basically coming yeah, on as well it was literally yeah. trying to massage the situation to get him on for a drop goal but yeah. on, yeah I just read the penalty shootout the, the, the penalty kicks shootout somebody's going to do that sometime it's going to be in some random game yeah in, you're in, right yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in a quarterfinal and there'll be big, absolutely big uproar about it yeah. so um Oh, well, then, we'll, you can, then you can send this clip into the APRC. There we go. There you go. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it handy. I'll put it in a time capsule, and we'll have it all ready to send in. Okay, Tom. Well, listen, we're going to leave it there. That's brilliant. Thanks a million. Had a good old chat there. Um, hopefully, hope to see you at a game pretty soon. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again before the season's out. Thanks for coming on, Tom. Thank you very much, Jeff. Many thanks again to Tom for the chat, and be sure to follow him on Twitter. You'll find the link in the program notes. For the rest of the week, we will, of course, be turning our attention to Saturday afternoon semi-final from team announcement to preview to post-match opinion. So stay tuned to HarpenOnRugby.net for all the usual features and be sure to leave your own thoughts when the mood takes you. In the meantime, stay safe, everyone. Slán and Slava Ukraina.